Welcome to the Power Up Podcast. I'm your host, Trevor Scullion. Join me for some powerful conversations with members of the Substation Design Solutions Industry Consortium, the SDSIC. I'll chat with members about the consortium, innovations, how they're implementing different technologies, even some of the projects they're working on to address the growing needs of our power grid. My guest today is Michael Goins. Michael's a senior project engineer at Power Engineers, and 10 years ago, Michael was the very first elected SDSIC chair. During that time, he was instrumental in setting up the foundation that helps drive the success we enjoy today. Hey, thanks a lot for joining me today, Michael. Yeah, glad to be here. Dude, so good to have you on. It's been, uh, it's been a long time coming. I've been trying to nail you down, but you're a busy man. I know, got lots of balls in the air with family and, uh, you know, work as everybody else does. So, yeah, thanks for uh, your patience there. Uh, no kidding. Really uh, yeah, appreciate you doing this, man. So, you know, the, uh, this podcast is for the community and really getting folks to uh, learn about some other members and try to introduce some people. And you were one of the first ones that I thought of, but it took weeks to nail you down. So, <laughs> but, you know, it's just like, just start maybe, uh, let's talk about your career, your background, and uh, we'll start with that and kind of how you ended up at uh, Power Engineers today. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, kind of in my second career, uh, so to speak, but um, I'm a civil engineer by trade. Um, <clears throat> I designed bridges for transportation projects for uh, years, and I was in project development uh, there for a while. Um, I designed a bridge in 3D. Uh, we were using it for training purposes and that type of thing, which caught the eye of a utility manager. Hmm. So I was hired at what was then Progress Energy to lead their BIM implementation effort um, years and years ago. Uh, and then we were acquired by Duke Energy, where I met Arnold Fry and worked with the Duke Energy team for over 10 years. Uh, and that's where I met you and David Milks and, and others, you know, at Autodesk. Um, yeah. <laughs> so then I left Duke for Autodesk, uh, leading implementations for multiple utilities. Um, I stint there, and then we were divested to spatial business systems, and then on to power engineers working with Arnold and team uh, once again. So that's a very quick uh, career synopsis of, of <laughs> kind of where I've been and, and where I am now. So, <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. And uh, yeah, it's funny because uh, you and I were working together, obviously with Arnold and his team at Duke. And then, yeah, you went to Autodesk and then Autodesk acquired my stuff. And I ended up at Autodesk right. with you again. So we right. did a full <laughs> circle. It's kind of a lesson for the younger people out there. Never burn a bridge because you'll end up working <laughs> with the people again. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yep. You, uh, you, you have to, uh, you know, we were road warriors there for quite a while. So, you know, oh, you, man. you know, it's good working together and, um, you know, you sort of form that nucleus of, you know, expertise, uh, within your industry and all your connections and you, you want to, you want to keep those. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, you know, I really, really enjoyed our time together every time that we were on the road, you know, it's always long, you know, slogging through the hours at the airport and everything, but man, it was always fun hanging out with you and, Doing a lot of work, but having a good time doing it. Likewise, absolutely. All right, man. So let's talk about how you first got roped in <laughs> to, <laughs> to the SDSIC. You were the very first chairperson uh, elected. It was a small group, but I could tell you, man, that the charter work that you did early on 
uh, really set the stage for the success we have today. Yeah. Yeah. What's what a story that was. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we, um, we Duke energy at the time, um, we'd been meeting a few times with other utilities and just kind of benchmarking, um, what we could do with, with automation and automated design. Mm-hmm. And, uh, about that same time, um, you know, Duke energy was implementing, um, an automated design system and we had five different offices and each one of those offices had over a hundred years of history. So they really liked their way of, of doing things, mm. which, you know, most utilities are over a hundred years and they've been doing things um, a certain way for a long time. So we had to find a way. Uh, my group uh, that I was working with at Duke was an enterprise group. So mm. we were setting the design tool standards, workflows, processes for all of the five offices. Um, so we had some infrastructure set up to be able to to get people um, to join together, communicate uh, their uh, differences as well as the things that they do very similar. So really what I did was I took a look at that and kind of utilized that blueprint for uh, setting up um, the SDSIC. Um, you know, we, we thought it was you know really good to you know engage other people. Uh, utilities, other folks that were in the industry in a more formal way. Mm-hmm. So along with David Milk's help, um, we decided to form the SDSIC. Right. Um, and we wrote the bylaws, the charter, the operating guidelines, um, set up the infrastructure so that we could then operate as, you know, an, an entity and sort of, uh, you know, iterate our way through innovations as they would come forward with technology, technology companies. Um, at first, it was all just utility driven and utility uh, mm-hmm. participation other than technology. And then it was opened up to uh, consulting firms as well. So that's that's really how it got started um, from just a, an idea of benchmarking to a more formal organization. Yeah, awesome. And I remember the, uh, you know, setting it up, some of those decisions on the charter and, uh, you know, some of the bylaws and everything, including the, you know, even the, the website that we had decided. And I remember with David and Arnold and yourself, and we wanted to keep it, you know, out of kind of a larger vendor uh, control, I guess. So right. that decision was absolutely critical, I think, to have it where it is today, because it was always volunteers. And it still right. is, right? <laughs> so all those, all those late nights, we were kind of keeping a website up for the community. And you know, early on, right, it was like Bob Stove. I remember Sandra right. from Nashville Electric, right? I remember, and you were helping us test things and trying to get that thing running. And that was, you know, a critical piece because it it really allowed us to to stay as a nonprofit, you know, voluntary, in control by all the folks that are in the leadership. Right. And you have to have that. The the website definitely is key because it's what was the communication medium for all of the folks that were there. I mean, you only meet face to face once. At first, it was twice a year. Um, But, you know, that medium to be able to talk back and forth, have regular meetings, stay in contact with one another. It kept, you know, moving uh, the needle forward. So uh, the website was key. Um, and, and just the whole organization and infrastructure was, was key and keeping it uh, afloat. You know, you got to have contingency plans because folks mm. get busy with projects, they get promoted, uh, you know, they leave, 
um, you got to have that pipeline uh, so it can continue to move forward. And we, we tried to think through every possible scenario <laughs> and, and try to, you know, make sure that it stayed um, afloat and, and stayed that standard that it, it has stayed for 10 years. Yeah. Well, and you think, you know, the official meeting in Nashville to kind of kick this off 10 years ago was, I think it's 22 people, right? I have the agenda in an email. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I don't think any of us really would have thought, you know, the membership on that same website now, you know, even though it's gone through iterations, we're at, yeah, I think it's 1,790 something members today. It's, it's crazy. It's absolutely unbelievable. You know, yeah, um, yeah. I, I think back, you know, and that, that kind of goes into how I was elected as a, a, a chairperson. Um, you know, our first order of business back then was to set up uh, infrastructure and to basically find a meeting place for the first conference, which yeah. uh, happened to be <laughs> Nashville Electric. Yeah. Um, and, and that's where we we just had uh, we set everything up and we had a vote. And, you know, we voted in all of the, the chairs, the vice chairs, all the contingency plans. We adopted the charter, uh, the operating guidelines, you know, all of that stuff. Um, and as you say, it, it just grew from just a handful of folks to, to what it is today. Um, and as, as you know, and Audrey knows, and Jeremy and John, all of the chairpersons who, you know, plan for the SDSIC, it is a job. It is almost like a second job. <laughs> um, but, but I was really glad to do it. Um, it was uh, something that, uh, really, you know, helped push the industry forward. Cause I think that's what needs to stay at the forefront is, you know, what will help our industry move forward, uh, to help each other since we're not in such a competitive environment. Yeah, that's great. And I, I mean, you should be very proud of what you did. It was, it was very early on and, and, you know, you took it very serious. You didn't mess around you the charter, the bylaws, you know, everything has been, you know, voted on and, and modified or added to, but that core uh, was critical to get where we're at now. And yeah, so uh, I think the uh, with 300 people in uh, Nashville, we can't just reserve a table at Rippy's like we did the uh, for the first one. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Has to be more of a planned out effort for sure. <laughs> yeah, a lot of planning, a lot of planning, and you know, it's been it's been awesome. I'll just say. Uh, working with power this year uh, for the 10th anniversary. It's so big and, and Nashville is super booked all the time. Um, but boy, it's been great working with the power team trying to pull this one together. Yeah. Great. Great. Yeah. We, we look forward to, uh, you know, being there hosting and uh, turning it into, uh, you know, a, a really good event for all of the, the attendees for sure. Yeah. So listen, as the man that wrote the first charter for the SDSIC, <laughs> you know, what would you want to see it, you know, the impact in the industry with the SDSIC? What would you like to see happening? Well, I think, you know, to continue along the SDSIC, uh, remaining a, a conduit of information to all the members, mm. you know, I see that as very critical. You know, you know, our, if you think about it, our industry has other conferences, they have other platforms, to network, to gather information. You know, there's all sorts of other conferences, IEEE, SEE, mm -hmm. you know, where folks can gather knowledge about subjects pertaining to their work and what they do every day. Right. And why not our design tools and our workflows and information? That's the very lifeblood of what we produce. So mm -hmm. it, it only makes sense that, you know, we have a conference um, dedicated for that. Um, making sure information gets out to all the members and a, a general place that um, folks can come and, 
you know, communicate with each other, benchmark what each other is doing and uh, help each other out. So um, that, that's mm-hmm. kind of the way I see it. Yeah, that's great. And it has been brought up before. And, you know, we've been trying to ensure that the members understand, you know, just showing up and doing a, a show and tell on a project that you did. You know, it, it doesn't need to be specific to an industry solution. It doesn't have to be, you know, expertise in, in one of the softwares or the workflows, but just showing what you did and how you did it and how you went through the process is valuable for everyone. Absolutely. 100%. You know, I, every presentation that I sit in, I gather something from every single one of them. Right. Um, you know, it, it, as you say, you know, it doesn't have to be a fully baked out solution because not all solutions fit within the workflow of your particular, you know, utility at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but just sharing what you do and sharing how you, you got to where you are, uh, it, it's highly valuable. Yeah, that's great. And what's um, so? What other advice would you have for some of the members? I like to ask the uh, the veterans this question because <laughs> we've been ten years of these things. You know, the new folks that we had a lot of new folks coming in. I think in uh, Nashville. Good. I- I'm glad to hear that. Um, you know, as you know, and everybody knows, we're facing really big challenges. You know, transitioning from what's always been done to where we're going, and um, keeping up with technology. Um, especially, you know, like change management, that's a really big area, very mm. complex subjects, uh, that take really, you know, diving into those details diving into the complexity. Um, as you know, it often provides opportunities for discouragement because, you know, <laughs> there's nobody wants to change what they're doing, uh, resistance to change, you know, lack of in- investment, all those things, but those are mostly, you know, people issues. Um, my advice would be, don't let that discourage you. Mm. Um, you know, keep digging, keep, uh, you know, trying to, to, to look at, uh, where is technology heading? Um, what can be done to help, uh, you know, uh, your organization in the industry? Um, you know, sometimes, you know, you have to look at it from a perspective of Rome wasn't really built in a day and Mm. neither are new systems put in place in a day. You know, it takes right. time, but if you hang with it, you might just find yourself to be an industry leader, a trusted advisor, a chairman of a committee and make a career out of it. Because <laughs> I look back and I'm like, you know, never in my, you know, any of my imagination did I ever think that, you know, some of the topics that we were tackling back then, you know, they're still relevant today. And here we are, hmm. you know, when I first started Progress Energy, I mean, now we're 15 years ago and we're still still at it, you know, you know, you can make an entire career out of trying to find solutions for some of our challenging problems that are ahead of us. So that would be my advice is take a look at the hard things and dive in. Yeah. Awesome advice. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, it's been a pretty common theme. I think with, uh, all the veterans of the SCSIC, like yourself, I mean, everyone said, you know, there's no, there's no bad ideas, you know, everyone's workflow is different, you know, bring them out, even the monthly calls, you know, just join the call, you know, feel free to speak up, you know, just ask a question, talk about some workflows, you know, present something, maybe just mm-hmm. present 15 minutes, you know, open your screen, show a project or something. Just Yeah. Don't be shy. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's great, man. So I, I, yeah, I appreciate that, dude. That's 10 years of the SDSIC speaking. So that's, uh, <laughs> there's not too many that have been that long. So, uh, 
Yeah, that was great. So what are you up to these days at Power, man? What's your your new objectives like? Yeah, so, you know, I spent years and years working with utilities, at utilities, you know, at software companies, um, helping to transition them uh, to BIM primarily for, you know, construction activities. Um, hmm. I've had a vision as, you know, as you've had and, and many others for what could be done well beyond you know, making the models, producing drawings, but, you know, the industry really wasn't ready and mm. technology wasn't really ready for, uh, for the most part, for, for what we were trying to, to, to do and the vision that we had, mm-hmm. you know, now with AI, other technology, um, it's ushered in the, the age of uh, digital twin. Right. And that's pretty much what I'm kind of focusing on at the moment, the whole ecosystem, um, not just design, yeah. You know, there's just lots of things out there. You know, can I get a digital twin that can serve operations and maintenance workflows and yet still be used in true brownfield design? Hmm. Um, you know, can I can I use it as a, uh, an as-built to start the next project or, you know, on that next station? Um, mm-hmm. What about assets in the station? I mean, there's all sorts of things, you know, that we can tackle. Um, you know, utilities, they, they all always need very accurate records of what's in their stations. Um, you know, think of it in terms of, you know, our climate uh, that we seem to be having issues with. If a catastrophic storms hit, you know, um, do I know what I have out there? You know, can I use a digital twin to its capabilities um, yeah. to, to be able to understand and, you know, data mine exactly what's out there to, you know, restore it to order uh, quicker? Mm. and more efficiently and more effectively. Right. Um, so, you know, it's just uh, looking at digital twin. Uh, that's one of the things I've been doing. Uh, innovation is another, you know, with all the technology, it seems like, you know, AI has ushered in lots of uh, technology that, you know, you have to kind of see, is it <laughs> going to be a good fit? Is it not? Um, but, you know, you have to have your hands in it and you have to understand the ends and the outs of it to to see is it going to be a viable solution for what you need. So mm-hmm. that's an active role that I also am, am trying to fill at the moment. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And you think like the, the mix of AI and machine learning with digital twin, like you think of all the predictive analytics for maintenance mm-hmm. and all, you know, if you could, I mean, if you could just, you know, circumvent any breaker blowing up or something melting out on you just with the analytics that come in ahead of time, just trying to predict some of that maintenance would be a hell of a step. Right. I mean, we have, I mean, you think about it, we've had that with our automobiles for years, you know, I have a light that comes right. on that says, Hey, you know, your oil is uh, needs changing. Um, right. And so, you know, following that guideline helps me extend the life of my engine. Right. Well, why not on a fleet of um, equipment that's uh, at a utility? Why not do the same thing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, I mean, a long time ago, we went from the uh, you know the idiot light in the car that just <laughs> right. came on when you're out of oil. <laughs> right. Exactly. And then it said, you know, how many miles do you need to change? You know, well, that's a good improvement. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's right. Right. Uh, that's awesome, man. So you know, we you and I have slogged through a lot of projects you know this this stuff is not easy right these are as you said change management the work itself it's very intense trying to come up with intelligent design and and you and i had had 
traveled pretty much North America trying to work through some projects. And, you know, you were kind of hard, hard to tire you out. You were, <laughs> you, were, you were always, you know, you were always enthusiastic. You sat through some meetings that, you know, were very, very tough to get through. And, you know, what would you say motivates you the most in, in well, now the work you're doing now? Yeah, I think uh, trying to strike a balance of, you know, technological innovations and what actually is implementable. Um, mm. That's a new <laughs> word. <laughs> is, that's sort of, you know, a sweet spot. Um, that, that I, that motivates me. Um, but you have to have that idea in technology first, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you have to have an idea, um, and then marrying that idea to, you know, use cases that that's a a whole nother subject. Um, you Mm -hmm. know, technology is ever changing. It's evolving for better or for worse, depending on who you ask. (laughs) And we have heard the gamut, uh, when we go out to our utilities, some folks are, embrace change some of them uh, not so much um and all are very valuable um you know opinions on it because you know you have to be open to technology but you know technology for technology's sake is also a uh you, you know uh, can be quicksand <laughs> as well so <laughs> absolutely yeah um finding what can actually be implemented is very valuable and a key to change um, yeah, yeah. I'm motivated in helping find those workflows and technologies, helping customers manage change through that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as a part of that, you know, I, I mentioned digital twins earlier. Uh, that's going to provide, I think, you know, better opportunities for more accurate and efficient design mm-hmm. and decision making um, from design all the way through maintenance and operations. Yeah. Um, so I, I think the balance of using, um, digital twins, as well as technology in, in all areas of design and operations and maintenance is going to be key in the decision-making moving forward. So, you know, that that's what kind of motivates me is just keeping an eye on that technology as well as um, applying it to workflows and um, what we're doing as an industry. So implementability. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Boy, if we could have figured that out 15 years ago, we would have been all right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, great points, man. It's so true that, you know, I've never seen a time that it, it's a full-time job to keep up with the technology that's coming mm-hmm. out. And it's, you know, it's a great value to add to all the customers out there and that, you know, we folks like you and me and Arnold, Jeremy, uh, Sean Weekly, like we're doing this full-time. Like we're searching for tools we're doing the r d you know we're following up on the technology it's exhausting <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> right but at least like you said if you can find things that are implementable then you can go to your customers and talk about them and show them and you know kind of get them excited as well but yeah that, that's great man so that yeah. i was going to ask you what excites you most but i think i can tell so <laughs> <laughs> so that's really the uh you know, the AI and, and uh, digital twin, all that kind of cool stuff that you're getting to do today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think we're right in the middle of a changing of the guard, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're hearing from our customers, you know, regarding difficulty in staffing with all the, you know, all the technological change that's happening, just lots of, you know, issues. Um, and we have a lot of, you know, experienced people in their mid to late career stage have a wealth of knowledge along mm-hmm. with less experienced people that are very technology savvy. And those are 
of course, they're generalizations. You know, one doesn't preclude, you know, the other. Um, but seeing that knowledge transferred and captured as well as, you know, fostered by the less experienced people uh, over the upcoming decades, um, it's exciting to witness that and be a part of it. Um, I think it's a true tip of the cap to the veterans of the industry who build our system. Mm-hmm. as well as the ones that are responsible for transitioning to, you know, the new system. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a very exciting time to be a part of um, all of this. Um, and uh, of course there's lots of work ahead of us for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. I, you know, I talked to folks that I, you know, friends of mine that aren't in the industry and they asked me how it's going and, you know, how's the power industry. And I said, well, you keep plugging things in. You know, we'll be fine. You can't. Right. <laughs> right. I can think of 10 devices I didn't have 20 years ago that I have to plug in now. That uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. So what can you, uh, can you talk about any kind of future plans or anything going on? Yeah. Uh, you know, as far as future plans for me, um, it's just seeing the overall plan through, which mm. I, I think that's my, my future you know, matching those technology with workflows, I don't think that's ever going to go out of style or <laughs> not be needed. No. Um, it's not going to go away anytime soon. Nope. Um, you know, I enjoy my work. I enjoy my work at Power and the folks I work with. You know, um, I've had this vision for years to help our industry with this transition. So anything that can help propel our industry forward, um, I'm definitely, you know, for Um as you know, it's not for the faint of heart for those with uh, thin skin, <laughs> yeah. uh, so to speak. Um, you get a lot of bumps and bruises um, anytime that you deal with change, mm-hmm. um, but the industry needs it. Right. And somebody, uh, somebody has to do it. Um, right. Otherwise, you know, the industry gets left behind. Um, I mentioned before I had a whole career, uh, seems like in the transportation industry before I ever came over to that, uh, to the utility industry. And you know, they've been in this BIM world, a digital twin world um, for years, mm-hmm. and they've been using it. Um, so, you know, we want to make sure from a technology perspective, you know, we don't get left behind because, you know, if we have our technology providers all going in that direction and our industry is not, that's not a good scenario scenario to be in either. So um, that's my future plans It's just uh, continue on with uh trying to match that technology with uh, workflows in a responsible and implementable way. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That, I mean, like you said, it's not going out of style anytime soon. <laughs> it's right. Just, I think it's just ramping up even more than it was uh, even, you know, five, 10 years ago. I think it's just increasing every six months. It's getting more and more intense to do the work you're doing. Right. I, I agree. I, I agree. And we're seeing it. I mean, we're seeing it wholeheartedly with our customers for sure yeah i'm just gonna order some t-shirts here for nashville implementability that's uh, (laughs) that's right (laughs) do i need to trademark that (laughs) yeah we put a question mark on the end maybe that would be like got milk (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so anything else you want to chat about man before we uh close out yeah yeah i mean one of the things and you could probably do a whole another podcast on this or several maybe but uh, i'm curious your take uh being one who keeps up with the technology um where do you think technology is going uh particularly with ai and machine learning and things Mm. like chat gpt Um, where are places that this might be used um in our industry oh man yeah i appreciate that i think uh yeah, I've been doing uh, 
machine learning and lots of the open AI, you know, the backend company it has a API behind the chat GPT that we can access for development, right? So it's kind of a lot of things you just mentioned, dude. I, I think a bad analogy for this industry, but it's the perfect storm, you know? <laughs> we, right, right. Like you just mentioned, we have all this talent that's going to retire, all this knowledge, and there's just not enough you know, young folks coming in to pick up the steam. So being able to leverage AI for that is absolutely incredible. And it's, it's sort of the perfect timing to start doing that now. And, and I think we got to do it while we have access to all that talent, all the, all the veterans that are, you know, going to retire for real, you know, maybe the baby boomers the first time around, maybe they retired, but they came back at a new rate. And now, right. now right. the yeah. second time, no, I'm actually going to go now, you know, <laughs> right. We can't let them leave before we capture a lot of that knowledge. And what I see with AI and definitely the kind of natural language processing piece of that, like chat GPT, being able to, to use the documentation and train those systems is an absolute opportunity that we could take advantage of right now. And dude, I'll be so bold as to say, I truly believe that the future of software interfaces is that NLP, mm -hmm. natural language processing. You can see it with ChatGPT. You're having a conversation. You're just kind of chatting and tweaking. You know, why couldn't you do that with mm -hmm. engineering rules and, and refine the question and refine what you want as you go? It, I mean, right. it's so much better to do all the stuff you and I had to do with all the picks and clicks and trying to train people. And, you know, it's complicated to build right. a 3D model of a substation, of, of a building, of a bridge, right? I mean, it's, it's tough. You, you spend so much time wrestling with the software. Right. You know, why right. not teach the machine how to use the software and just chat with the machine? That's true. That's very, very true. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah it seems to be a potential uh, paradigm shift um, with this technology, uh, for sure, moving forward. Yeah, so I feel like, you know, and I'm an old technology guy. So, <laughs> when I, you know, when people first realized they could sell on the internet, it kind of changed everything. You know, mm -hmm. in a, over a couple of weeks, everything, and then, you know, digitizing music and movies and all the piracy and everything. That's how I feel with ChatGPT. You know, when you're, you know, when you're, older aunts and mother, you know, your mom starts talking to you. Have you tried this chat GBT? <laughs> like that, what, you know, AI is all of a sudden mainstream. Mm -hmm. That That's how I felt, you know, the internet early on, all of us geeks could access it. And we did, you know, we could change files and things, but once the whole dot-com boom hit and it became this e-commerce, it kind of changed everything in every industry. Right. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel with chat GPT right now, right? Like it's just going to change everything. It's already started. Yeah, I, I could see it. I mean, I as soon as I started hearing about it, I'm like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, what what kind of workflows is that going to change? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I saw that it hit, hit like the top ten percent on the bar exams already, right? Like you think, <laughs> right, like, right. Whoa, it, it's incredible, and I, I just think that you know the the tech behind it, that the natural language processing, large language models, right? That is something that we should all be exploring in our industry. I think we, there's a lot to be done there. Yeah, I, I could really see where, you know, it just removes barriers, right? You know, you don't have to have that necessarily that specialized coder. You could have a whole lot of folks that are, you know, just conversationally building and making things um, 
utilizing this technology. Uh, so it could be an influx of a lot of different things. Yeah, we're starting to see it, right? I saw some uh, examples on Blender, you know, the open source 3D modeler. Mm-hmm. Someone was running Python code, having that kind of chat, and it was generating 3D models in the background. Oh, wow. Yeah, and you think, there it is. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's yeah, very, uh, it just kind of gets your mind uh, really thinking. And <laughs> like I say, it could probably be a whole other podcast on uh, <laughs> just this one topic, probably several. Yeah, let's do that, actually. Yeah, let's, uh, I'll reach out after this, man. We'll uh, get some folks lined up and we should do a podcast on that for sure. I think it would probably take an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, probably so. Yeah, sounds good. I, I I'd love to be a part of that for sure. All right, cool. We'll line it up. Okay, sounds good. Awesome. Well, thanks, thanks for joining me, dude. I'm really glad we were able to get this nailed down. Hey, thanks again for uh, the invitation. Um, I, I really appreciate this, and uh, really look forward to you know, the consortium coming up in a few weeks um, and being there. I, I can't believe it's been ten years. Mm. Uh, time just really flies. <laughs> um, really, really flies. And um, you know, I look forward to seeing everybody else there. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, for all the uh, all the members out there, if you see Michael Goins at the conference, look for his badge and uh, can kind of thank him for the early, you know, foundation of all of this. So uh, make sure to buy him a beer or something in uh, in Nashville and ask him about implementability. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Michael. Hey, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Power Up Podcast today. If you enjoyed this conversation and you're not yet a member of the SDSIC, join for free at stsconsortium.com. Be part of the community and all these great conversations. And maybe you'll be the next guest on the Power Up Podcast.